fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. I like white folks, but I don't like you. All the niggas in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise, El Chapo ain't tried to snipe you. Surprise, the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Have a rally out LA, we gon' fuck it up. Home of the ride and the King Ride, we don't give a fuck. Black students, ejected from your rally. What? I'm ready to go right now, your racist ass did too much. I'm about to turn Black Panther. Don't let Donald Trump win, that nigga cancer. He too rich, he ain't got the answers. He can't make decisions for this country, he gon' crash us. No, we can't be a slave for him. He got me appreciating nobody my way more. Hey, Donald, and they one that follows you gave us your reason to be president, but we hate you. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. I don't like your yeah, ass. Yeah, nigga. fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. What up, world? It is uh, Thursday of the apocalypse here in America. What's up, FCC? We here. We started off early. You want this action? We ain't going nowhere. I don't know. Maybe we if, should. If that's what I feel you like, come at me for. I feel like Trump might actually empower, give the FCC some teeth <laughs> to come after folks like us. Yeah, we're giving a reason, but I feel like it's worth it today. This is Ergo Radio. I'm Kiss. I'm Damon. This is 88.5. You here with your favorite neighborhood rebels. Um... <laughs> And yeah, man, you know, life keeps moving. We uh, showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond here. If you don't know what we do every week, a different live long form conversation with an artist, writer, organizer, poet, musician, person reshaping the culture of our city and our nation for the more equitable and the more creative. And guess what? That's not going to stop anytime soon. Nope. Shout out Shout out to the podcast people. Shout out to the SoundClouds and the iTunes folks out there. Gang, gang. Man, hope, you, <laughs> hope you're doing well on your day. Uh, but but uh, let's get into some community announcements. Uh, I got one. What do you got? Black Friday. Uh, that's the day after Thanksgiving. I don't, I'm bad with dates. Uh, but that Friday, we're going to be at the Promontory Let Us Breathe. It's hosting the black market. We're going to have black-owned businesses uh, some political education, some performances. Um, and yeah, if you're trying to get get with the movement and get organized as it is uh, becoming ever so necessary, uh, come through and it will also be a fundraiser for our new building and community, communal space. What else we got? Uh, just one other thing. Uh, tomorrow, that's Friday, um, at Chop Shop, Ergo alum, first episode of the show and friend Malcolm London is having the release concert for oh, it's tomorrow it's not Saturday tomorrow. Oh, okay I believe it's t- yeah it's tomorrow no I, I trust you yeah. more than me <laughs> okay that's good um, to know at uh, at Chop Shop in Wicker Park it's gonna be a great show a whole bunch of folks who have been on the show will be performing including Tasha who we had on last week come through it's only like seven bucks in advance uh, support Malcolm support the project and uh, hope to see you there that's all I got any uh any we'll we'll like get into how the world's burning in a particular way today um but any like things you want to start off with or should we just jump into it uh let's let's, let's get right into yeah it. let's invite the guests so cool. today we have an amazing singer from the, are you originally from here just not yes nah. no okay well it don't matter <laughs> damon we, did we, his research we'll, we'll claim you though uh <laughs> from the city one fourth of the medicine woman yeah. crew um <laughs> Your local vibe dealer. Yeah. What's up, Dre? Hi. Ooh, it's Drea. Drea, Drea it's okay, Drea. though. It's often, it's often, it's That's what I tried to say. Oh, you know what? That happens. Slip. That's what happens to people. Like, they see Drea in the front of their face and like, Drea. But it's Drea. It's Drea, like, see ya. Yeah. Ooh, see nice. ya. Well, it's good to see you here. <laughs> Drea Smith is our guest. Uh, we're really excited to have you here with us today. Uh, how are you feeling? How, uh... It's, it's a little, everything feels loaded today. <laughs> how are you treating the world and how the, how's the world treating you today? You know what? I, I woke up this morning and decided uh, today was going to be great. Um, I believe in waking up with intention, expressing gratitude before you start the day. So today is good because I decided that it was. Mm. Cool. <laughs> Even though the world is crazy. Um, I don't know. I'm in control of my energy and what I decided to put out today. Was cool. good with good stuff. So yeah, today's good. Some uh, some good vibes. If you, good I'm just vibes. gonna keep, I'm gonna keep making. I mean, vibe related I'm jokes all about it. I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's gonna be a long hour. Um, <laughs> I'm really happy to have you here. You know, I've seen you on stage and shared space with you a whole bunch. Yes, yes. Most recent time, uh, 
what feels like a century ago, <laughs> uh, the night of Game 7 of the World Series, oh, which yeah. was uh, an incredible concert. I was really happy to get to spend that night uh, watching you and your friends and family, damn near. Yeah, that's family uh, sisters. Uh, perform. It was a medicine woman show at Beat Kitchen. Um, so that's, you know, you're, you're kind of the last of that crew to make your way up here. And I'm mm-hmm. glad wow. to say we've we like, had we the like whole, completed the, the same. Yep, yep. They all told me that. They all told me that I was going to have fun. So, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you go, oh yeah, you're going to have fun. Like, nice, nice. So that's <laughs> just to, for, for those who don't know, uh, that's Raven Lynn. <laughs> 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 is, is something in your, in your throat there, Dave? No, I'm ready. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I don't know if I... Uh, John Doe. <laughs> 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 we need right, to say... You need to know. come to <laughs> all the shows. You said the third one. Uh, Via Rosa. That's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but those are all actually like beautiful. Y'all are like a, a, a beautiful set. And t- tell us a little bit about how y'all are coming together and how y'all are holding each other and supporting each other. And then I also want to talk about like last week a little bit. Cool, cool. Um, well, there's four of us. I am the big sister. Um, I met Via first. I met Via first through, because I heard That's about their people. usually how it goes. Right? Yeah. I'm, Via knows everybody. She knows everyone. Well, I, I actually had just moved back to Chicago. I was in LA for almost three years. Mm-hmm. And someone played me a Them People video, the new Mecca. And I was like, okay, wait. Wh- who is Them People? Why have I not heard about them where were they at? And then I tweeted that and uh, she retweeted me. I'm like, there's a girl in them people. <laughs> what? And we just started tweeting back and forth and then we had our first like friend date. We showed up with gifts for each other. Oh. What'd you like, get her and what'd you give you? I gave her, I have, I'm part of a band called Pyramids. So I was like one of, this is my third time at this y'all. So <laughs> my band Pyramids, um, Via told me she had been listening to for a while. So she knew about what I was doing before we knew each other. Okay. Through like the internet, she would see pictures and stuff. Yeah, she's on the internet. She, she, she is there. <laughs> she is there. She, um, the she brought me one of her paintings. <laughs> okay. And I brought her a pyramids t-shirt and vinyl. Let's let's talk about that because that sounds like some like dope relationship building. Yeah. You know, this is a time where like, well, we don't have to be political about it, but yeah. like, do you usually come with gifts? No. To, all right. What was that about? How did? Why were y'all so intentional um, off jump on like, we gonna kick this off? It's in a crazy sharing manner. She saw a picture of me <laughs> on uh, Instagram and she was like, you look like a seminal medicine woman. And I was like, dude, you get me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Is that you, the origin? Is that the that origin was like, of the name? No, that's the origin of the name. It actually came from um, a group chat that uh, John Doe, Via Rosa, and Kehlani had. Mm. Right. So Kehlani's actually part of Medicine Woman too. True. Um, I just, I actually have to go pick up a crystal from her when I, for her. When I leave here, um, we'll give you a reminder. Please, end. please, because I have to go over to the one in High Park. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I really believe that you come with offerings to goddesses. Mm. So I came with an offering, and I guess that was a we saw each other for what each other was before we even met each other. So we both came with offerings, and it was kind of like I don't really have very many female friends who make art, mm. or I hadn't. I hadn't. That was like one of my first coming back in. Um, I was talking to um, I was talking to you about this earlier. That like, was me that she pointed to. Yeah, for, I point, for the listeners at home. I pointed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was talking to him earlier because uh, I was saying coming up in Chicago, like I'm a little bit older than a lot of people I'm around. Mm. But coming up when I was first starting, there weren't very many women making music. It was me and one other woman uh, named Tanil. Shout out to Tanil. Um, Tanil. Tanil with the cool kids. Um, so I think it's important to give a little timeline here. Yeah. Just so that we folks kind of know. One of the things that, that is cool about you is, like you said, it's it's your third, kind of your like third reincarnation yep. in this. And you've been through like multiple waves of like cool Chicago yeah. and cool <laughs> music stuff. Um, so like, True. let's talk <laughs> a little bit about uh, the entry point, how you found your way and, and like what those three phases have look been. like yeah yeah um uh, well i came i'm not originally from chicago but i came here for school in 2004 where are you from i was born in st louis, st. louis and I then i grew up in milwaukee so i'm mid when anybody asks me where i'm from i'm from the midwest um but i came i like keeping it vague That's you know smart. what i mean <laughs> smart. i'm yeah. from the universe um 
But uh, I went to performing arts high school in Milwaukee. I was a vocal jazz major. So I came here for college. I mean, I dropped out of Columbia like everyone does. Oh, yeah. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. It's It's so you can meet your friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) and make art. Maybe get a little debt, you know what I'm saying? A little debt. For old time's sake. Exactly. Keep it traditional. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So there I met uh, who became my partner in music, Mano, and we... Um, started working on stuff. And then we got signed by Lupe Fiasco when wow. I was around 22, 23 years old. Wow. So the first tour I ever went on was the Glow in the Dark tour. That's what I was about to say. That means wow. you had a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of access to to the big guy. To the big guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I came into that early. So I was like 23 on that tour and um, I was a backup singer for Lupe Fiasco. Wow. But he also had us as the group we were called at the time, He Say, She Say, um, do one of our songs in his set. So I got to do that at the United Center, Madison Square Garden, and the Staples Center. I would like to say that, you know, I like I said, we've held space a bunch together. Mm-hmm. Did not realize that we'd have held space together at Madison Square Garden in yeah. 2008. Yeah. I was, I, was I was up sitting there. All, I, no, I was up there. I was sitting all the way up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you were down there. Yeah, <laughs> I was down there. It was crazy too because I was like, I had never, I went from like doing like, I mean, the first person to ever give me a show was Chuck English mm-hmm. from Shout the out. Cool Kids. Shout, Shout out. out. We birthday twins. That's my brother. Um, he, we, <laughs> it's funny. I started, I met him at Town Hall, Flostradamus, Get Out of the Hood Party. I had just turned 21 and we had heard of each other. And we, he was like, come by the crib, whatever. You don't have to pay to record. Just bring me groceries. So he's like, he's like, okay, if you come by tonight, bring me a box of Golden Grams and a gallon of it's, milk. It's messed up because like post-2015, that's like a sexual innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day, right, the back groceries in the day, still innocent. It was like legit, right, right? No, bring me produce. Ba- back then, it was like, for real, bring me some milk though because oh, I got this dry so cereal. Funny. So I used to like record in Chuck English's closet. And like crashed on his couch after because he lived in Logan. I lived like far away from there. Um, so he gave me my first show at like Sub T, Funky Buddha. I played with him. Um, and then from there, I ended up starting the band Pyramids with Tim Nordwind, who's from the band OK Go. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so 2011, I moved to LA and did that. So I got to tour the East Coast, West Coast, Europe. I was a guest on Tonight Show on Carson Daly. I did a whole bunch of stuff with Pyramids. And I'm starting to make you kind of like read the resume. I just think it's like Mm -hmm. important to know, first of all, we don't, just where each of our entry points is, is Mm -hmm. post a lot of those things happening. Mm -hmm. And we spend a lot of time like talking about this creative renaissance here. And it's important, I think, to kind of fill in those gaps a little bit and be like the reason why you know, Beat, Kitch- Beat Kitchen would book that show mm-hmm. or the reason why, you know, Tonic Room hosted Jam Night last night mm-hmm. and, you know, Chance and Hannibal Burst. It's because of those intermediate steps that allowed, like, this next step to, to you know, it, it's it's not out of nowhere. It's in a lineage. Yeah, no, yeah. When, when I when I trace the, well, you know, what's being called this renaissance, I, I actually go back on, like, the hip-hop tip to actually the cool kids. Mm-hmm. I feel like they really like broke a lot of the walls. I think they were the first like Chicago act to really uh understand the internet. Totally. In a way oh, that they like knew it. that 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 like <laughs> popped. So I'm really interested to like you you started off kind of local in the Chicago scene, mm-hmm. but like it sounds like pretty quickly, right? You went to some of like the biggest platforms in the world. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So so like to to have that experience and like now to be coming back in and like doing the groundwork and, mm-hmm. and playing the local shows. What what do you think you've learned on, on two fronts? One, like as an artist and like the creation of the craft. Mm-hmm. Uh but then two socially, right? Because there's so much yeah, politics so and much. so much like relationship building <laughs> and, and shadiness to be honest that I'm sure you had I to mean, experience. I've been in Chicago long enough to damn near be from Chicago. So I understand the attitude, which I wasn't used to when I got here because I came from, like I said, a performing arts high school. And from before that, I was a performing arts junior high. So I was in like a safe bubble of artists. And specifically, um, I mean, Milwaukee, the high school of the arts is in the hood. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up with all kinds of people. Like Mm -hmm. I'm used to diversity. I'm used to us coming together because we're all weirdos and we're protecting each other. Shout out to the weirdos. Shout out to the the OG weirdos who are <laughs> who have not re-blo- reblogged their weirdness from the internet. Um, wow. <laughs> which I Whew. which I really am 
I think it's because I'm a little older. I do notice when. You're, all right, you're gonna when you say you now little, said you're older. I'm 31 years you're 30, old. 31. Okay, you're yeah. grown. I'm grown right. as hell. I'm 73. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grown as hell. Though I've tricked people all the time. You, yeah. Like no one ever knows I'm 31. I'm very proud of my age. I don't believe women should or anyone should lie about their age. Um, I like being the big sister. Mm. Like I've been here. Um, yeah. It is part of what's like in the interest of connecting those dots. Mm-hmm. It is part of what's so cool about. Medicine woman is be- the you know the range between Raven like and you. seventeen and thirty. Yeah, yeah seventeen and thirty. That's like, amazing. I am like five years younger than Raven's mom. <laughs> 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 but that's my sister though. Like I learn as much from Raven as she can learn from me. Right. Um, and that's the best part about medicine woman is we all understand like our spirits, our souls are damn near the same age. Mm. Right. So even though we have different experiences in this realm in this dimension, doesn't mean that one of us knows way more than the other. Right. Like I can learn so much from all of them. Uh, so one question about something you might know more about than them uh, is just, I hate to do it, but I'm going to do it because I like it when people do this on podcasts. I want to like mine for touring stories. Oh. Like any like hilarious, ridiculous, what stands out when you think back about that crazy time, I feel like such a radio. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. So on the glow in the dark tour, I felt like I woman out. It was crazy. I was uh, very much literal in my punk phase, so I looked it. <laughs> um, I grew up in that scene, though, uh, in Milwaukee, but I just felt like I woman out on the tour. And at the time, um, my partner in He Say, She Say, Mano was on tour DJing for MIA, and he put her on the phone with me to help me because she was she had opened for Gwen Stefani and felt like the I woman out mm. on that tour because she was more political more like uh, outside of the box she was a creative yeah. and on the Glow in the Dark tour I felt like okay where do I go here like I'm a little bit different than everyone I'm around right what now what was in terms of like that kind of punk hip hop breakdown yeah like, yeah gendered like, terms what, well, what was like the, the well it was heavily male right. and the women that were there Nikki Jean shout out to Nikki Jean we were roommates yeah. that was dope yeah. I hadn't met very many um, female artists. So I met Brianna Jack from Jay Davey. That's big sis. I met her through um, through Nikki. But some of the other women on the tour were just like, we just had nothing in common. Mm. And I just, yeah, I can't, like I said, I came from a literal like punk rock background. Yeah. And punk rock in that, like, I would hang out in DIY spaces and punk houses in Milwaukee. But I also was in the grassroots scene, the b-boy scene, the hip hop scene. I was in all of that. Um, so I'm on that tour bus like, okay, I do not fit. Mm. Um, and MIA call, I pick up my phone and it's this lady with this English accent. I'm like, <laughs> who is this? And it was her. And she basically was just telling me like, you know, go get some books, load up your iPod, you know, right. stay in your bunk and do your job. It can just be a job. If, and that's how I treated it. Which is so different from like how I have seen you be like, in the spaces that you've been able to have a hand in, in, in shaping. So yeah. like, that Medicine Woman show felt nothing like a job. No, no, no. For no, anybody. No. But it, it, I think that like the ability to then make the room that feels so good, mm-hmm. uh, you have to know like all the different ways it can feel wrong. And that's like, Absolutely. I can imagine that's where the experience comes did, in. Did at any point that those experiences like disenchant you a little bit or like? It did mm-hmm. because at the time, I mean, I was signed and the industry did not look like it. It's such, it's so diverse and it's so welcoming to all kinds of women. At the time, they were trying to make models with microphones right. when I started. So when I first got signed. So you were signed to First and 15th? I was signed, signed to First and 15th. But what um, at the time, they wanted to showcase us to bigger labels. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you without being specific that one of the labels was like, okay, we like her sound, but we don't necessarily... Uh, find her visually or vis- like visually appealing. And that was a thing. Right. That was a thing. And I love that that's a thing that's dying. It's still there. It's let's, there. Let's be real. It's there. But yeah. oh my God. Well, I, how I, do you think it's changed or, or what has... Well, the body positive movement. Yeah. Like every... Women are not going. I mean, it's <laughs> the age of Aquarius though. The whole conscious... On some metaphysical stuff. Um, the... The whole consciousness, the mass consciousness, consciousness is more female. Mm. So that's why I think the acceptance of all types of women is is greater now, where it wasn't even just seven years ago. This is such an. I mean, okay, so it's gonna have to happen a couple of times, right? We're yeah. gonna have to dip into the like this 
horrific moment. Yeah. I'm oh. thinking about like, oh, so you're, cool. you're saying that and that, and then I feel like everything you could trace being a reaction to, you know, this yes. is the most reactionary moment oh, of absolutely. our lifetimes. Um, <laughs> so this be the embracing of misogyny being a reaction mm-hmm. uh, to that. Um, I don't even really have a question. I just like, it's an observation. God damn. I mean, it's the truth though. Cause I, I even noticed in, in empowering ourselves in just like in the recent years, me finding my voice a little bit more than I had in mm. my early twenties. It's one, one of the reasons why I tell people how old I am is because it took me to 30, 31 to understand that I need to speak up for myself mm. and no one can speak for me. Um, but I didn't know that really in my twenties. I thought, okay, if I, make this concession, if I make this compromise, I can get to where I want. It's death by a thousand cuts. How did you like, how did you sustain, right? Because Mm -hmm. I'm seeing how comfortable you are in your own skin. I see you like growing into your like true artistic identity, Mm -hmm. right? And it took you to to 30. To 30. uh, Just about. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like as a member of the artistic community, so many of us feel that it's like a youth-dominated culture, especially mm-hmm. those of us who are hip-hop or hip-hop adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. That like, if I'm not on by 25, 26, I, really love I might as well give it up. That. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm <laughs> sure you saw so many people super talented mm-hmm. who've like closed their computers yeah. or hung up their microphones. How, how do you... What do you think sustained you to be able to be so comfortable that like, I'm going to be a, a grown woman artist? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to you be a me? youth sensation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things... And this is just where I had to find my confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the music I was making, two thousand seven, sounds like what's out right now. <laughs> and like that's just me being real. Like I can play you something I did in like two thousand eight, and you'd be like, "Dang!" So it was a matter of like yeah, what? Yeah, because you were in such a not to cut you off, but you were in such an avant garde crew, right? Mm-hmm. Like that whole sound, the whole mm-hmm. what, like the treated crew kind of yeah. cool kids foundation mm-hmm. is really like what's. And even now. in those, I didn't fit. Um, mm-hmm. When they were getting coverage, I was not included. By choice, external, and as much or as little as you want to. Get into oh no, I can. Course. I love being. That's the one thing about being grown. You know, yeah. like you, it's just like my words are mine, and yeah. what my experiences are mine. And if I speak honestly about that, I don't. I don't. I don't care for what backlash I may get. So I can handle it. Was that was that choices being made by like folks in the crew? Was that choices being made by publications? Publications. Like, yeah. Um, they wanted. They tended to look at more of the um hip hop rap aspect of what was happening mm-hmm. in Chicago at the time. I mean, I had someone write write me up once at an after party I did for Lollapalooza. Drea Smith was rapping ferociously on top of <laughs> I can't remember a time I've ever rapped. <laughs> Were you at the show? Like you literally <laughs> did not listen. I literally yeah, like and that's how it was. And it's like None of us, though, with the exception of maybe Kid Sister, were being mm. co- covered. None of the women. True. Um, and it's it's a lot. Like, it's a whole movement of women. If you notice, they're all 26 and under. There are no women um, that are, like, closest to my age in this city making music right now. Mm. Um, and if there are, I don't know them yet. Mm, right. But the ones I know, like, Via's 26, right. John's 21, Raven's 17, right. and I'm 31. There's a gap. No name's probably like 25. Yep. She's, yeah, she's a little younger than us. I no, think she's, she's older. She's older, older than us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all around the same age. Jamila, yeah. Jamila, Jamila they're all like 26, yeah. 25, 26, 27. And like, there aren't any 31-year-old women. Because it wasn't any. Like, mm-hmm. it was just me and Tennille. And... They weren't really the publications too, and I don't want to say because. Or let, let's let's be careful because mm-hmm. they are women. There yeah, are the there com- are the there was no just might not have they weren't exactly exactly. And shout and out to the women we ain't shout heard out of, of the because I <laughs> listen if I haven't heard of you right now like let me know who you are because I'm I didn't have female mentors coming up I just didn't I have I had one. Uh, Brianna from Jay Davey and she was a big sister to me and she's like four or five years older than me and but that's all I have and she's in LA yeah but you you alluded to this a couple of times you, mm-hmm. this time as a mentor but in terms of friendships also like it taking a long time to get to the point where you had a, a crew yeah. of other women who you felt connected with artistically and yes. just friend wise um, you know and some of that I have to imagine is some of this external stuff like literally who's getting put on to make things yep. and who's in the room but also just for you, like, let's say even going back before all the music things exploded, like when you're a kid and we can go, let's, yeah. we'll, we'll circle around, but like, you know, who's your crew? What are you doing? Let's say you're, you're 14. You said you're already in art school. Mm-hmm. What's, what's 14 year old Drea like? 14 year old Drea just started playing guitar. Uh, 
I have been at that point writing since. I expressed interest in writing when I was seven. What do you think, like nurtured that? My mother. Okay. Um, shout out to mom. My mom. She gonna be here tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, hey, shout moms. out OG. What up? <laughs> my mom is amazing. She is not an artist, uh, but she saw me take interest. Like I would consume books. I started reading when I was like four, so I would just like make it through books like in a week. So she's like, "Oh, you like books? Cool. I'm gonna buy you books. Oh, you like writing stuff? I'm gonna buy you little cute notebooks so you can feel like special." Writing. I um. I remember in fourth grade we had a Black History program. I think this is what really kicked it off for me. And I was supposed to. We all had to be different characters, and my character was Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. And I had to read all of Maya Angelou's work. And I was like, "What? Oh, I'm about to be a poet activist. This is my job. <laughs> this is my job." So like, I started writing poetry in elementary school yeah. and in junior high. I mean, we had a music class in junior high that we had to write lyrics in. Everybody knew I wrote. So like, Drea, you know. I'll give you $5 if you just <laughs> like... writing? Early. <laughs> early. I'm like, if you get an A, I'm going to need a little more money. <laughs> you said that with a side eye like you've done a lot of ghostwriting since. <laughs> As you flip not away. really. Not. I mean, I have been in writing rooms. I have been in writing rooms for bigger artists. I have been told that in those writing rooms, I need to simplify my lyrics as if the audience were 11-year-olds. Mm. But Which, that artist that, that artist was not catering to 11-year-olds. Shouldn't have been. But to those first ghostwriting <laughs> opportunities, they actually were catering to They were car- catering to seventh graders, yeah. yeah so that's, that's vaguely I mean, accurate. Vaguely. <laughs> um, but it, you, you also, <coughs> when we were talking before mm-hmm. we went on air, that was also, my, we got to put some... Content. My hair keeps getting stuck in on the microphone. Can we talk this about how happening. much his fro is flourishing, though? Oh. Nobody can see it. It is gorgeous. Oh, I am like oh, the natural man. hair care guru. And your hair is gorgeous. One of the fun things about this show is, you know, we take a photo almost every week. (laughs) We fell off on the photo game a little bit. You can like trace the growth of the growth of the photo. Nice. You can see the waves of my haircuts when I actually carry them. Just (laughs) continuing to expand at an exponential rate. Um, But you were telling me before we started uh, that, in addition to you know making art at that point, pretty early in the game, you stepped into a mentorship role for other folks. Yep. Which seems like this amazing continuity with the role you're talking about playing now. What were you doing in that capacity? I was uh, in middle school, junior high. I was a mentor to elementary school students. And then when I got into high school, I worked for an organization's grassroots organization called Urban Underground. Um, shout out to Mr. Reggie in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Okay. Reggie Moore was my uh, mentor there. He still keeps tabs on me. We still keep tabs on each other. Um, and at the time when he had started this organization with his then girlfriend turned wife, um, they were probably around 25, 26. So yeah, they are amazing. Um, through that organization, I mentored black and brown kids, specifically girls. Um, and we also um, taught kids about the pipeline from school to prisons to military, specifically targeting black boys. Um, so I was teaching kids their rights we made these little cards with their rights on them for them to keep oh, on so them like hardcore political organizing yeah i was really into that when i was younger um through high school um i, I worked with urban underground till i was 18 and i was a black achiever as well um, yeah yeah i did sounds like a bumper sticker waiting to happen i did not play <laughs> Let's when just, I was younger. Just, just an aside this, yeah i'm sorry to be random this almost has nothing to do with what you're talking about but bumper stickers <laughs> Specifically, white people in their bumper stickers. Are there like are there like bumper sticker expos? Like, where do they go to get all of these like very specific things to say what they think? This about is the where world? the internet comes in. And then why do they feel no, the we need to bumper, drive around? We had bumper stickers before the internet. But, yeah, but the ones that are being made, these now. weird ones, these off cuff yeah. things, that's the internet. I will say there was a shout out to everybody with McCain bumper stickers still on their car. Still, <laughs> the other thing about bumper stickers is they're still, mad hard to take off. Can you get that off? I do that to your vehicle. This Why? is like the biggest investment a lot of people make. Oh. I mean, I personally don't believe in expressing my opinions on my on my car. Why do I need to know? Why do I need to know that? what you think? Why we stuck? Why we stuck in traffic? Tell me to honk for something. Ruffles. Get out of here. There was a <laughs> there was a Why? station wagon in the garage of my apartment building growing up and. On the back of it, there was one that said, animals are just little people in fur coats. Oh, that's, cute. <laughs> that's cute. I mean, that I, is inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. I mean, I don't, I don't eat animals, so that's kind of how I see it. Look, I love, an, I, I love an animal. People are, you could flip it and that might be more accurate. I hear people you. People are animals, animals without, without their fur, fur coats. I like dig that. Why does, it, why does it bother you to go that Animals way? are not people. 
that's that's I get what you're slip. saying. I hear what you. I hear what you're saying. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> We've been down that road before. We're going to debate All right. this uh, a let's, little bit uh, longer, but we'll hear a song. Let's catch our breath and concentrate back. I'm sorry, my my ADD is going to take. I have it way. too. It's it's cool. And I'm just over here trying to keep the train on the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I believe I wrote the name correctly. Six fake like. Yeah. Um, this is Drea Smith. You're listening to Ergo Radio, WHBK Ergo Radio. back that was Drea Smith Drea Sia Smith uh, what, what, tell us about that track a little bit that so that cool. song was called Fake Like and it's I actually I was going through a, a moment and that whole EP Triple Goddess the first the first EP is about coming out of the bad end of a relationship the song Fake Like is about um, someone not wanting you until you seem appealing to others and not and only jumping on the bad bandwagon once that happens, which ha- which has happened to a lot of women I know, mm-hmm. and has happened to me throughout my life a lot. Um, but specifically recently, like last year, it happened to me. And um, but just like kind of coming to terms with this, like, oh, you didn't want me before I got this right. Like the, the Mike Jones moment. Yeah, <laughs> like Mike Jones. Who? <laughs> Michael Jones. <laughs> Respect Folks, the history, y'all. Oh, Let me school is, you, y'all. Like <laughs> that was the best moment of my life right there. I was so happy right <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that feeling and that reality of uh yeah, of all of a sudden when there's access and baggage attached, mm-hmm. um feeling the feelings change. Yeah. Um, where, where are you, and again, as much or as little as you want to say, but like, where are you in, in regard to that now? Because you talked about like this being the first time you're doing this kind of solo yeah. musically. Um, yeah. How has that, as certain doors have opened on the solo end, like how are you learning to navigate those things? It's interesting because I am a one-woman operation right now. I am no. my own manager, agent, spiritual advisor. Um, <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> merchandise producer. Merchandise producer. Yeah. I do all of it by myself, which though stressful, and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> um, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to do that now. Um, I feel like in my previous collaborations, something I wanted always got lost in translation. Mm. Like, I feel like um, I'm a Libra. We go with the flow kind of people. Like, anything for the betterment and the, like, 
uh, it, everything being harmonious. We're all about that. So I will be like, okay, cool. I'll make that compromise to make it work. And I realize now maybe being that easygoing wasn't the move. Because, I mean, that's, that's a woman thing too. You don't want to be called a bitch. You don't want to be called these things. Now I don't care. As long as I go in the room and come out with what I came in there for, you can call me whatever you want to call me. Mm-hmm. And getting rid of that, that wanting to be liked part, mm-hmm. the thing that women are taught from the very moment we enter this dimension, be polite, be nice, be sweet, smile. Um, I don't do that anymore. Mm. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I mean, I, j- I just love to to hear yeah, how that's beautiful. Yeah, first yeah. First of all, yeah. but but how like, and this is what what moved me about the show the most, and kind of John's mm-hmm. uh, uh, speech at the end is, mm-hmm. is um, how politically conscious or in, in, intentionally political the work is or your art is, mm-hmm. even if it's not like explicitly yeah, political art, totally. but the way in which y'all create. Um, produce your the image of yourself that you that you want to distribute, mm-hmm. um, and do it collectively mm-hmm. with a feminine or a woman centered focus. Uh, I think it's super dope, and that's kind of like at the core of what this our, our show is about is, is mm-hmm. how the art is political and how the political can be creative or artistic. Totally, um, and how the personal is both how, how the art is both personal and political and can't be one without being the other. Absolutely, um, and that really what it comes down to is like. How can we build rooms and spaces that mm-hmm. feel anyway? I go no, yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're I tandem. love you all as a team. <laughs> hey man, we're, we're we're getting slightly good at this. Hey, <laughs> book them shows, colleges. What's up? Y'all want to come talk about change and stuff? Hey, we'll give you a real ergo radio at gmail.com. Yeah, man, we, we need these checks. <laughs> um, no, but but I I, I think it's and just we'll bring Drea too. Yes, yeah, I'll come along. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if you are a Drea fan, fan, we can bring her to your campus. Um. But I, I want to talk about, you know, some of the spaces that you're in because you had access to like, mm-hmm. like mainstream hip hop figures. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, of course, you know, you were in a, a lot of rooms with Kanye, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think he kind of represents um, almost the antithesis of what like oh. a, a, in this time yeah. of what like medicine women is doing. Because totally. I think um, his misogyny or lack of gendered analysis has been like his central contradiction from yeah. jump, but it was reconcilable at first. And now it's not. But now he's like, I don't know, his consciousness has kind of decreased. It takes so many steps back. So h- how is somebody who, did you ever like, were y'all ever like cool? Like, do you ever call him friend? I'm, I'm sure you always appreciated him as an artist being, having intimate space with him. Yeah. But how was that dynamic or that experience shaped you post? Well, I can tell you being in those rooms made me not want to be in those rooms. Mm. I can tell you that had you been top. Dri- had you been driven by wanting to be in those, like have access to them before? Honestly, no. It just kind of fell in my lap. And I, I like I said, I come from like a DIY grassroots punk right. background. So to start there felt a little uncomfortable for me, mm-hmm. but I went with it because it was what the universe had given me at the time. So I'm like, whatever lesson I'm supposed to get out of this, I'm going to take it. Even though I felt like maybe I should be playing a few more punk clubs. Like maybe I should, you know what I mean? Because Before um, Madison Square before Garden. Before Madison Square like- Garden. But, um, but. You gotta jump the gun on You that. know, <laughs> my voice did sound yeah. good that loud though. I ain't gonna front. I was like, dang. She I, I got pipes. you all the way up there. Right, right. So, but I mean, it was cool to, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. It was really cool to be on that tour meeting Pharrell, Chad, that was more so what I was excited about because yeah, NERD true, true. was like the truth. And, they get overlooked in that. First of all, that your, tour. So that was NERD, Rihanna, uh-huh. Lupe, and Kanye. And Kanye. That was the tour I was on. And Drea. <laughs> Drea was a backup singer for Lupe, but her band got featured. Um, but from that like punk rock standpoint, yeah. and NERD being there like in that moment yeah, that's and like, trying to bridge those, those oh, gaps was, a little bit. It was so crazy when I first met Pharrell because Lupe introduced me to him. And I was so, guys, I was so literal. I had like this short, spiky haircut, heavy black eyeliner. <laughs> I was so literal. literal. I was so literal. You were on the nose with I it. I was on the freaking nose. But I sh- also was 23. You had a shirt that said punk across it? I had on a Bad Brains t-shirt, which Basically, I have a PMA tattoo. I am a lifelong Bad Brains fan. 
And when I used to get teased when I was younger for liking punk music, and they were like, oh, you like white music. I'm like, no, Bad Brains, come on, like Bad Brains. If any of the listeners know what she's talking about, you can tweet us an explanation. Please do. I don't know anything Bad Brains, let me give you brief. I've been getting some black punk history recently. Yes, let me give you a little bit, because that's the thing. Okay, if I can just, an aside, yeah, a little that. bit of an aside. Oh, this whole thing is an aside. Babies, <laughs> all of you lovely do. children who have partaken in this punk dress or this costume, I want you to go and just look up five bands. Go look up five bands first before you take on this whole this whole look. The distressed jeans. She's talking just to like you, your origin. Just know your origin. Your knee is out. If your knee is out, you need to know who HR is. Look like, down you at your really knee do. right now. Look down. Do you see skin? <laughs> I need you to Google bad brains right now. Go look up attitude. Um, and listen to what HR is saying too, because he's saying, "Hey, we got that PMA, and PMA means positive mental attitude." And they were saying it early. This was the '80s. Every punk band wanted to be like Bad Brains, mm. every single one. And this was a all Are they from the black, DC area. They were from DC. Uh, yeah, somebody was just telling me yes. this weekend. Actually. Like, um, um, who wanted to be to everyone? Everybody wanted to be Bad Brains. They are amazing. I mean, Pharrell. That was the thing that me and Pharrell connected on. He was like, "I, I see you. Mm. Like, I recognize you." Mm-hmm. Like I, I was a black kid that was into punk, like for real though. Mm-hmm. Like and, pre and like this is then. This it's, is then. This is this is pre-internet. This is like eight. This is pre-Afro punk. And I used to go to the Afro punk events when they were free and they were small. Mm. I mean, I had watched. I I was around. I was in high school when the documentary came out. So I felt. I felt not represented in that documentary too because it's such an extreme. It's either you're a self-loathing black person in the punk scene or you're hella militant and. And for the sake of standing out, not because you just want to be. And mm-hmm. I didn't, it's so many of us who seat, who sit neatly in the middle, who are very comfortable with being black in punk spaces, um, who don't want to, I don't, I never wanted to be anything other than what I was. I just wanted to have the freedom to like what I like. Mm. And I love, what I love about now is that these kids are able to be weird in spaces, um, specifically people of color, queer kids of color. Um, we didn't have we didn't have that even seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like I love being a part of right. what broke down the door for that. And you also are, and not a lot of folks get this opportunity. You get to be part of what broke down the door, and also celebrate what's been yeah. created with yes. that door broken down, and be like a a part of that as well. Yeah, I love it. I'm like, glad I came back for it. It's like if uh, if um. Cool Herc, like have like a, like a, like a Ja Rule collab. <laughs> right. But back to what you were Whoa. saying about the room, the room with the Kanye yeah, thing. Yeah, the Kanye guy. Um, no, I want to stay on Cool Herc. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was in that room. I got to, I got to, I got to hear the conversations. I didn't love the conversations, which made me not really care to get back into the room. Mm. And it just made me feel that. Um, What's most disappointing? About What's that? most disappointing is that I've been a Kanye fan since I was 17 years old. Like, right. I saw him open for Dilated Peoples in Milwaukee. Wow. Like, I bought the ticket at the rave. I was there. <laughs> right. I saw him on Deaf Poetry Jam. True. I was there. Right. My mama bought me the CD, surprised me, picked me up from school, playing the CD. Like, I was there for the beginning of Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, y'all understand, I was so geek because it, it felt like we were represented. Because right. m- middle class black kids who created were not represented like that yet. Yeah, they had to fl- flex like they was, they either had to like, oh, I'm smarter than everybody yep. or I'm going to fake the funk. Fake the funk. Like, either extreme. I'm it's just like, oh. Dope. <laughs> when Kanye came out, my whole school, <laughs> with we, hard D's. Yeah. We, my whole school was like, we were just obsessed with Kanye and Chappelle that year. We were yeah. just happy. Yeah. And over the years, and I mean, I'm telling y'all, I used What's to this, get- What's this, 04? 04 or 304. That's my senior year of high school. Yeah, yep. I was in sixth grade, I think. Oh, man. <laughs> and now I just I saw I wasn't born yet I, I saw a gray it. hair just sprout out my braids um but <laughs> but no so yeah like just seeing the decline over the years um cause he went from being a creator to me to being um like the face of a design house like I feel like Kanye is equivalent to like a Mark Jacobs where you have a, a whole which is what he said he wanted um, yeah. so he got what he wanted he got what he wanted and I mean that type of creating does work I don't necessarily love that that way yeah. um, but you know so to bring it back to you mm-hmm. um, and, and you having learned through all these experiences when you say like that's not the way you want to create right now like what are you feeling is the way you want to create well I mean I still believe in collaborating um I I 
last year stepped into the role of a producer, which is new uh, for me. I've always really you started playing guitar at 14 and it took you to last year to produce because I got lazy and started working with producers at 19. Okay, and they the producers sometimes producers will make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about musically, but you just are here to write the song and sing it. And in working in pyramids, I learned that that wasn't the case because Tim definitely empowered me. Like he was like, Your ideas are good. Every idea you come up with is good. Like you're kind of like navigating what this is going to sound like. So when I started making like little beats in my room, I broke my foot. I got hit by a car last year. So I broke my foot and I was laid up on like some Frida Kahlo stuff, like creating because yeah. I was injured. With a mirror on your ceiling. Look, <laughs> low, low key, I had a microphone on my nightstand. <laughs> I had a microphone on my nightstand and a MIDI in my lap and I was making stuff. And Via Rosa, shout out Via Rosa. I swear to God, that woman has changed my life so much. She showed me how to sample things. Mm. She showed me how to cut it up because she was like, you got good ideas. You just got to trust them. She, through how she pushes at her stuff through SoundCloud, she gave me the confidence to go ahead and just put my ideas out. And then to see them get received was just encouraging to keep going and doing yeah. that. I think V is really inspiring the shout out oh my again God. of just how comfortable she is being bare bones. Yes. Right? Like I've seen her with like, you know, not very high quality mics mm -hmm. at her crib. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen the setup and she'll do like almost one take, no edit, no mix. And she be voice memos. Yeah, voice memos Oh, no, we, phone we both live and, and through that. be comfortable putting it out, but be comfortable sharing that with people. Exactly. And being examined on that. I think exactly. It takes, takes a courage and a, a comfort with self that's really profound. Totally. Especially coming Shut from up, my man. era where it's like industry standard. This isn't industry standard. Yeah. This isn't radio standard. Like, that's what was pushed to me. Yeah. Even though I come from, like, the stuff I prefer is lo-fi. It has the edges out. Like, it's a little rough. Like, I prefer that stuff. Right. But what was beat into my head when I first entered the industry is formula. formula. And the cool thing about me <laughs> is, that <laughs> is that I went through that. And it's kind of like, like, I've worked in the salon industry for a long time. And anybody that's gone through cosmetology school will tell you this. You learn everything in beauty school. You get to the salon and you unlearn everything you learned in beauty school. That's what I always say after going through cosmetology school. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only parallel I can draw. Whoa, let's, let's earmark that on, like, the highlight of Daniel's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only was, parallel I can draw. That was good, man. Right in the pocket. It's been my day job of choice. <laughs> You are hilarious. But real talk though, it's just like, you know, you get the to the place. Moment of my life. The first one was earlier in the episode. Right? Yeah. Are but these all earmarked for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you get to a point, you were saying. You get to a point and you unlearn all of what you learned. And I think I'm just there. It's like, um, I I have been writing for a long time and I've studied it. So now that I've studied it so much, I can just go back and like totally F it up, like just shake it up and do it the way I want to mm. because I know what it, what standard is. I don't yeah. care about it, yeah. but I know what it is. <laughs> I, so taking away like some central things from our conversation thus far as we're mm -hmm. getting into the last 10 minutes or so, I, I, I'm hearing, right, like the importance of like collectivity and community yes. and relationship. Uh, I'm also hearing like a, a, a f like feminine center politic. Yeah. You know, I'm hearing like nonconformity. Yes. Like not getting into like the, the boxes. So under that that guys right, or, the, or that little package, you talked a lot about mentorship. Yes. Right. And, and to have all the experiences that you've had um, for the young women who are not John Doe and Raven Lene, who you will not meet. Mm -hmm. right? You may just hear this. Mm -hmm. If you were to be able to be in a mentor type position, what are some of the like core lessons or values you would like to impart to mm. those young women who are coming up? Well, the first thing is every morning you wake up, you're a new artist. Mm. Okay. All right. I like that <clears> one. So when I said you're like through three stages, you're yeah. like, no, no, literally every morning. Every, every morning. A hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. Like you have to wake up every morning and realize that you got to work just as hard, if not harder than you did yesterday. Mm. Um, and you know where I learned that from? I actually, um, that's a Kanye lesson. Um that's a Kanye lesson that he told Lupe because he told that. Jay-Z said that too. Jay-Z said that. He wakes up every morning. He has to treat every day like he's a new artist. And if Jay-Z got to wake up and do that, sweetheart, you got to do it too. It's like the uh, first song, last <laughs> song yeah. off the Black Album. With the, yeah. with the, and he learned that from Biggie. Yeah. So, so you're we're, you're coming straight down from the Biggie lineage. Yes. And I heard Biggie learned that from Frida Kahlo. <laughs> Yo. I can't stand y'all. Y'all so this, irritating. What is this episode 66? I finally <laughs> figured it out. He's killing it. He's killing it. Shout out to Shout out to not. DJ Empathy over here. Well, that one, that's one lesson. Lesson one. Lesson two, 
is don't be quiet for anybody because Mm. the minute you're quiet, that means you're accepting whatever is being said to you. Understand the difference between constructive criticism and ulterior motive. That's a big one that I had to learn the hard way because people will tell you what they want you to do for the sake of themselves. You need to understand what at the core of yourself you want to do. And, and know it. Have the intuition. Check your intuition. Mm. Understand. I know there's a thin line between intuition and paranoia. You need to figure out mm. which way mm. your tummy is taking you and mm. listen to drop, it. Drop them gems, girl. Like, it's just, listen to it. We're built with it, women. Mm. We have intuition in us. Listen. If it feels wrong, it's wrong. Walk the other way. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah, those are my tips. That's <laughs> like the best... That's thank you for sharing. Yeah, that was dope. Like, that was dope. In the interest of giving, that's so that's beautiful. And hit me up. Oh, hit like, the line, please, the because jack. I know, like, I really believe if I see where the puddle is, I can help you avoid it, mm. but I won't enable you. Like, because I, mm. I feel like sometimes when people look at look out for help, they think it's making them weaker. It's not. It strengthens you. Mm. Man, that's like. That's the lesson of maybe my life, but especially the last <laughs> six months. Yeah, is. Especially when you're someone who's driven and is trying, you know, trying to get into some of those rooms that maybe you're talking about. Or just trying to do big stuff. Anything. Create the room. Don't try to get into the room. But it's so hard when you're in that mode of creation Mm -hmm. and you're not quite as confident in yourself as you're saying, as you've come to be, Mm -hmm. to to know how to ask for for help and guidance and, and someone to even just to bounce ideas of or just to like be in a space with like it's part of what I love about the like the vibe dealer framework mm-hmm. that you have which first of all yeah we didn't even get to yeah, that yet <laughs> let's do it let's get yeah. to it there it is so you have a brand I have a brand <laughs> the rawest t-shirt <laughs> Which I need to get one, which is ridiculous. I'm reprinting them cool. like so, next week. First off, where can folks get their tees? Well, right in, now in you can't. <laughs> where will folks be? Well, working? right. Um. Well, stay like just. Check the Twitter. Check the Twitter. Drea Vibe Dealer. I'm going to announce where they'll be soon. I'm going to have them ready in time for Christmas so you can buy some for your friends. And you can always get them off me personally. If you come to a show, I'll have some. So where does that kind of framework? Because it's more than, I have to imagine, it's more than just a like a, a, a tagline. Like when you think of dealing vibes, what does that mean? Well, vibes come from the real, like it's a short version of vibrations mm-hmm. for me. It's not like, ooh, these vibes, yeah. ooh, these vibes, those vibes. No, <laughs> it's vibrations. I deal in vibrations. I'm a musician. So I deal, I deal vibes in real life. Like quite literally. Yeah. And I'm very intentional when I, yeah. I mean, even down to the notes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very intentional what those notes can do to the ear, what they can heal. I remember so, learning about, and I'm taking this a slightly different direction, Flylo doing things at his shows. He's a birthday he would, twin with me too. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, Chuck English, and Flylo? And Tom saying. York from Radiohead. Yep, October 7th. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> it's a shiny day. Joe Fresh Goods too. Don't forget Fresh Goods. Wow. So he would do <laughs> these things at his shows, like at festivals, where he would have um, like vibrations that you couldn't hear that would elicit emotional reactions. That makes sense. So they were like too low or too high for the human ear to mm. heal. To hear, mm-hmm. but they would like literally make you feel excited at this part and soothed at this part, mm-hmm. and like there's a whole some alchemy into that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. actually turning these vibrations into mm-hmm. emotions. I'm an alchemist. <laughs> so what was the? I, I call it the Belle Biv DeVoe moment. I won't explain it anymore. But what was like the moment? You got to explain. All right. So I think like Poison, right? Mm-hmm. Like that song is like one of the greatest kind of like right like of it, all time. It lives forever. Ever. And you think about Belle Biv DeVoe, mm-hmm. they really don't have a catalog, right? Like mm-hmm. they don't have any other songs, and they don't need to. They can all go they on got tour, is new edition that they were right, right. Yeah. But it was this one song, and I just imagine that moment when they were in the studio when they first. Like how like how much they have to be like, yo, this is a hit. Right. We don't gotta do nothing else, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like we are good. This works, right? So like when people have like dope names, uh-huh. and dope ideas that like it just fit, it just hits. Mm-hmm. I wanna go to that moment where you were in the where uh, I decided that studio. I was where I was the vibe dealer yeah, when I decided. Yeah. How did that go- come about? <laughs> uh Doc McKinney uh was like has been like a mentor to me since I was like 21. And he produced Astero and Reese album. And also the first two weekend tapes. Wow. And I worked with him before he worked with The Weeknd. And we were in Toronto once. And he called me a vibe artist. And me being me, I got offended at first. I'm like, what you mean? Vibe <laughs> artist. What you trying to say? Yeah. Vibe artist. And he's like, no, you just don't need a whole lot to make a lot. Like your yeah. voice and a guitar can go far. Or one, three notes and your, your ideas can go far. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be a vibe, anything, I'm going to be a vibe dealer. And I was like, 
Mm. It happened in the studio. Yeah, it happened in the studio. <laughs> so it was like five years ago. I came up with that. It's, uh, I, I love it. Do, do you do you put that? Do you like accept that as a name? Because I've heard you like identify being in a relationship to a lot of like if we want to call them genres or like mm-hmm. scenes, right? So I've heard you talk about DIY and punk scene. Mm-hmm. You talk about being like hip hop or hip hop adjacent. Mm-hmm. Do you now? Have any language or is, is vibe dealing the language? For vibe dealing is the language. Is, is for, for the That's music. part of the reason why I chose that because I'm a songwriter at the end of the day. Um, and there are a million songs in me. Mm-hmm. And they take different collaborators or different tunes or different tones to get them out. I can't tell you what genre they are. I can tell you they'll be good. Mm-hmm. So I don't really adhere to the genre thing. I think that's limiting. I grew up with so much music that it's elements, little baby elements from all of it. And I really believe it's how you get those elements together that makes you a good artist. A lot of stuff is derivative right now. Yeah. It's like if mm-hmm. you can piece it together to create your own new thing, that's art. Mm-hmm. Not it's just co- lifting. Collage. Not tracing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's, like a be- that's a beautiful distinction. I want to, I don't know. I'm trying to, I've been trying to figure out how to do this all morning. Like what, how I want to do this with the last couple minutes. Just because. Trying to talk about Trump. Just trying to talk about the world. <laughs> yeah. Like basically. I try to think of this space as being like the best room I'm ever in, right? Like it's where I get to have those like conversations and eye contact and those things that, you know, for the last two days, I've felt people and myself included running so far away from Hmm. um, in that. So I know we don't have a ton of time. I just wanted to kind of like encourage everyone for themselves and and to ask each of y'all like just to kind of check in like what are you feeling I can tell you I feel motivated more now than ever to make sure these kids are cool mm-hmm. um I just started a job at um Intonation where I teach music I only teach one day a week right now but all of my students are black or brown and through me they'll know they're perfect mm-hmm. and that they're beautiful and that they, they are limitless and I'm more motivated because I'm not afraid of Trump I've survived through, like, I'm 31. Like, this is my fourth election that I've lived through that I was old enough to vote. Mm. Um, So I'm not afraid of him per se. I'm afraid of the effect. I'm afraid of these kids getting hate crimes um, committed to them in school where they're supposed to be safe. So my biggest concern is protecting the babies. And I think that's what we need to focus on. Yeah, yeah. Definitely space builder. Mm -hmm. I mean... How are you feeling? What what are you feeling? For me, like, it's, it's kind of interesting... These like really tough social moments, uh, I guess for like the work I do or how I'm trying to shape my life, they mm-hmm. actually like give me life or, or it it's like um made my purpose more concrete, mm-hmm. right? Uh because I think it's been frustrating for the last two years to try to like really explain to people what this country is. And like con- try to convince them. Yeah, and have to articulate it and have to try to figure out a poem or a speech or a chant. Right, so um, they can digest it. But I think just seeing a map and, and like, you know, and, and seeing the numbers, <laughs> um, I think has awakened so many people. And, you know, as you saw last night, so many people taking the streets. Um, so I'm excited to use that energy and use now, I think, more people being on the side or community right which is the finding unity and what we have in common amen um, that more people see that we have so many so many risk in common mm-hmm. uh, that it will now be easier to not only resist i think the oppression that is coming but also build new and alternative systems and specifically build spaces for future generations so when you talk about whether it's artistic or political or athletic or whatever spaces um that are are safe and that are centered to help nurture our kids and build a a stronger foundational community that's exciting for me uh especially in a time where i think america has revealed itself (laughs) and now even those of us who don't support trump have to acknowledge that we have been supporting a society that will elect this type of man. Absolutely. Um, and we really need to rid ourselves of our American values and be more human and be more global. So I'm excited. I'm excited, honestly. Uh, I think my work has, like, for the last two days, been crystallized for me. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of this... But brand. you're a white man. Like, it's all your fault. How do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's basically what I've been trying to figure out. <laughs> As always, like, this isn't new to me in that way, but yeah. that's the... So some of it is shared is this reaffirmation that like like don't ever step to me and tell me that the things I spend my time talking about and focusing on aren't real. Yeah. You mm. that it was a bullshit line before 
it is now the most indefensible response to anything. Like, don't ever step to me. <laughs> right. Um, Cashy's hands. I'm just kidding. And then, too, <laughs> just trying to figure out, like, if what we, and this is a bigger conversation, if what, like, me and my cohort was supposed to do was go back to our place and try to, con- and, and have those tough, convincing conversations, um, Trying to figure out what that looks like for me because I'm not from a town in Indiana. <laughs> I'm from a place that voted for Hillary Clinton, but that I'm not saying that to say I'm not those people who voted. You know, it's like literally beyond this category. How do I place myself in this? Because I think that's what so sorely didn't happen <laughs> um, was folks, white folks, refusing to place themselves in how this country operates. So. That's what I'm feeling as like one piece of the work um, and also just going to continue to shut up and listen to people. Um, before we get out of here, uh, where can folks Find catch me. these vibes? They can catch the vibes um on uh, SoundCloud, support your local vibe dealer. That's how you find me. You can find me everywhere if you just Google support your local vibe dealer. <laughs> support her, listen to us, share the podcast with a friend. Go to the lighthouse on 53rd. Tell the people you love that you love them. We'll be back next week with another strong invoice from Chicago and beyond. Much love to the people. Peace. <laughs>